Uh, welcome to the latest uh, Scale Model World podcast with me, David Howell from Tolerant Models and... Wayne from World of Wayne. The Scale Model World podcast. Welcome everyone to uh, to this latest uh, episode. Um, this podcast series aims to explore every aspect of, of model making, and we mean that by when we say every single aspect of model making, from big scale models, part works, all the way through to plastic kits and also um, allied industries and fields that link to our uh, hobby. Um, I think I'd also like to kick off uh, this this uh, this uh, episode with, um, I guess, to to reiterate to everyone listening to us, you know, do get in touch. Um, we, yeah, we always, I think, we said on the first couple of these that uh, you know this uh, this podcast series is, is absolutely for 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 the listeners. So if you do have any sort of questions and queries, and uh, you do get in touch uh, with either uh, Wayne or I, and we'll try and answer those questions if we can in a uh, in a future in a future episode. Definitely. Now, I, I think I think at the top of this one, um, there's probably quite a quite a lot to sort of talk about. Um, but I think we always kind of kick off with, um, I guess, what we've been doing uh, sort of previously, maybe the last couple of weeks, or at least bef- at least since the last episode. Um, now, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I've just uh, seen a couple of your uh, recent uh, recent videos, uh, Wayne. So it looks to me like you are inundated with stuff to do. So it's a, it's not a case <laughs> of uh, nothing to do. It's a case of what do you do first. I have got absolutely tons to do, and I've actually done tons. I mean, one of them, one of the things that we did, which was uh, probably the most successful video in the last two weeks, was the small space model show in Haslop, which yeah, was absolutely. a it, this was a this was a, a like a sci-fi model show in a village hall. That's how small it is. But the videos had almost twenty-five thousand views. But not wow. just the video; the amount of people that because you were there, Dave. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't even know you were turning up. You were you were there. Um, it was busy, wasn't it? It was just it really yeah, busy yeah. for, for yeah. a small city. And it's encouraging to see that something on such a small scale could have such a following. I really do think that would transpose better on a bigger scale, but I don't know. I don't know how that. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, I sort of looked at uh, Matt's, uh, Matt's website, because this is a, a sort of joint thing with uh, you know, Matt Irving, who some of you may know from yep. uh, uh, the Special Effects and uh, Radiophonic Workshop at the BBC. Um, any of you guys out there watch Blake 7 or pretty much any of the sci-fi series is uh, sort of the 70s and 80s, Matt probably built the models. Um, I'm pretty sure he built the Liberator. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, <laughs> and he was a member of that, uh, that team. Um, uh, so him and uh, Paul uh, uh, Fitzmorris, they put the put the show on, and I had no idea. This is the tenth year, and I I I'd never even heard of it. No, uh, not me. Until uh, <laughs> until recently, I, I'm not sure how I tripped over it. I think I just uh, either saw something you put out or put online, Wayne, or I was just doing my usual surf across the the model making uh, channels, and it just popped up. Um, but again, um, sort of getting to it, and then um, when I parked, I thought, hang on a second, I was parked about a quarter of a mile away from the <laughs> venue just to get a space on the grass verge. I thought, this is going to be busy, which I kind of wasn't expecting. Yeah. No, it was, it, it was a great show. It's it, it was a bit, I think it was something for everyone, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. There was lots of stuff in there for um, original props and some, uh, and also uh, sort of facsimiles. Uh, really like the uh, the K9s. Uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um also, some absolutely uh, some cat scale models as well. So, some guys out the back were uh, showing some of their stuff, um, and a mixture of that. There are a few dealers, I think, is there as well, which yep. are, which is quite nice, uh, quite nice to see. Um, so, it's a kind of an interesting melting pot. But again, it had that sort of sci-fi fantasy bias, which I kind of hadn't really experienced before. I think you mentioned it a couple of times on on your channel that it's not a IPMS show. Uh, which is predominantly sort of aero and armor, really. Funny, funny you should say that because um, IPMS. I've uh, I've actually just signed up, 
So I am right, now an IPMS. To, welcome to I the have, gang. Yes. I have got a membership card, and they've sent me the first IPMS magazine, which I've been looking Good. through. And I was so pleased to see around about ten pages in it, they've got a, they've got a, a spread of uh, models that have like grabbed their fancy and that they like. And yep. on that page, I'd say about forty percent of them are sci-fi models. Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the Razor Crest, you've got Thanos's helmet, you've got R two D two, you've got the Starbug. It's great that IPMS seem to embrace in just you know uh, away from military military uh, items and tanks, and also going for this sci-fi because I think um, there's a big market in this country for that, that's and um, that's one of the reasons why I, I joined up with IPMS because I wanted to see because I did I did see it last year creeping in at Telford that there was quite a big balance of sci-fi stuff there. there there's more than it used to be, absolutely. There are even some uh, special interest groups uh, which just focus on um, the fantasy side or sci-fi or a, a sort of mashup um, with with all of that. Um, I just think I think just think the history because this year, oddly enough, it, it's uh, the 60th anniversary of IPMS. Uh, so oh, if wow. you are going to be in Telford uh, uh, this year, it's their 60th year, um, and it's absolutely evolved from what kind of used to be armor and aero to a much more diverse range. And yes, there are absolutely more sort of sci-fi and fantasy guys uh, which are building um, within um, each group. I'm probably the guy in my group because I tend to build all the sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> in my group. Um, but there are specialists who just do that. And you see that across some of their tables if you go to some of the IPMS events um, uh, across the country, of which there are there yeah. are many. Um but it's an interesting one. I mean, I think we we even touched on the idea that well, could you do this on a bigger scale? Couldn't we? Um, yeah. I, kind of, I kind of dubbed it sort of Wonderfest UK. Could you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we want to kind of put the put that sort of on the table to everyone listening to this, and kind of ask everyone, what do you think if if there was a larger event um, that was really focused on sci-fi and fantasy model making? Um, you know, would you attend? Was it would it be something that uh, you know the, the our listeners would be would be interested in? Because we can absolutely do some sort of preliminary work towards that and see if it's actually possible with venues, where it would be, um, and and all the rest of it. Um, but it's an interesting one that the uh, small space show kind of showed us what you can do on a small scale, but can you scale that up? I think that's uh, that's kind of the question, isn't it? Well, it'd be interesting because Telford is such mm. a massive venue as well that you know could you could you yeah, could yeah, easily yeah. incorporate something like there as well, even even as part of that show. Because I mean, I, I still can't I, I still can't fathom how big Telford actually was. If if the, yes. if, if the listeners don't realise, it was my first time attending last year, Indeed. and Indeed. I was blown away. And I was only there for about four hours this year. I'm intending to be there for the full weekend. I'm bringing yes. Mrs. World Wayne across as well, so she's going to have to put up with me uh, geeking out that day. But uh, I was in my <laughs> element. I could ne- I've never yeah, ever yeah. seen an Nothing like it. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Um, that that kind of event. Um, uh, I, I think I was there. The very first one was pre-COVID, literally just on the cusp of COVID, and I was astonished wow. as well uh, at the site because that was the first time I'd ever been to. Because I was just got back into the hobby. That was about six months uh-huh. before I actually got to sort of go back in. And I thought, well, IPMS message coming, so I'll just go along because I joined. So it's free yeah. entry. If you're an IPMS member, you know you. That's uh, it. Yeah. You uh, you straight past all the queues and straight and, in. And you get yeah, you get early entry as well, don't you? As IPMS. You do indeed. Yeah. Uh, you get an hour wow. before, uh, so if uh, if there's anything on the dealer st- stands that uh, you are, you're quite fancy, you're going to get first dibs. Um, so there's the plug for joining the IPMS. <laughs> I'll be yeah, no, definitely. Check. I'll be putting my uh, my invoice in the post, guys. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> We're thinking about that and what that could be, where it could be, what size it could be. So uh, everyone, please do uh, come back to us with your thoughts, queries, uh, and feelings about uh, that that uh, that kind of that kind of show. No, now. 
I think there's a few things uh, sort of happening at the moment. Um, I think the I think that obviously we, this, we were actually recording this the, the day after Agora Models uh, did their uh, DB5 announcement, and wow, that looks kind of amazing, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I mean, it, it, Christmas Eve they first announced because I didn't know what was going on about the James Bond launch, and I actually did a live reaction video because I just had this feeling that this was going to be something big because they kept it so secret. And obviously, when James Bond was announced, I was like, oh my god, because I had just returned from the Peterson Museum like a few months before. Uh, and they had the James Bond exhibition there. So to see that they're actually bringing the DB5 out uh, as the first car, and this is this is a DB5 that we've never seen before. It's not like the old Eagle Moss or anything like that. This is a completely new build, uh, completely new tooled everything, and it looks amazing. It looks great, and obviously it starts shipping in October. So uh, uh, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to get hold of it. <laughs> yes, I am. I am debating. I look at the site pretty much every morning. Which one do I go for? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> am I am I, I going to go with the all singing or dancing? Yeah. Do I want a case? Do I do I want to go that uh, that far, or um, will I, do I want to spread it over a year or two years? Um, I don't think I could wait two years to build it. To be honest. But the thing you'll find is the collectability of it is you're you're going to have the DB5 out first. I believe the Lotus is going to be following it. But yeah, yeah. we're looking like five or ten years down the line when they've actually got this range of Bond cars. You're probably going to end up doing it anyway because you want the full collection. So it's like, you know. <laughs> God, don't say that. <laughs> oh, that, that's um, it's it's trying to house all that stuff, you know. Um, I mean, after after the Lotus, actually, um, I'm going to be very interested to see what's next uh, because those two are yeah. top of my list, and I'd be hard pushed. What would I do next, or what would I like to build next? And I don't know. So it's kind of in a gore's court. What would be the third one? And I'd love yeah. to have been a fly on the wall where they were deciding on the running order. Yeah, what's going to be the yeah, first, second, and no, third definitely. time? I'd like to know what's going to be the third one. I'd love to uh, sort of find out what that might be and if that will whet my appetite. Well, I'm looking at all my pictures from the pizza last year, and I'm uh, mm. it's going to be one of those cars. So, uh, and I'd like yeah. them all. So, <laughs> well, um, it, it could well be. And um, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to make some space in the old bank balance uh, for uh, for that. I think. Um, now, something else I wanted to ask you as well was. Um, uh, you're doing both optimuses, and I distinctly uh-huh. remember uh, you saying that you might not really do the Michael Bay version. That you thought, well, do I really want to do that? Um, but actually, uh-huh. you sort of said, no, no, um, I'm going to do both because you want to do a comparison, don't you? I want to do a comparison, mainly on account that I'd never actually seen the Transformers films. I've seen the first one now. Mm. So I thought, okay, it, that, it was good. But what I didn't like about the Transformers film was that because the action's so fast and there's so much going on, I just couldn't keep up with it to look at the details sure. of how Optimus Prime looked. So actually doing this build at the moment, it's, it's, it's an eye-opener for me. Mm. And uh, yeah. We, yeah. we've obviously, in the first pack, we obviously did the head and we've done a little bit of the chest. But in the last pack, we did the foot. And I can't believe how big the foot is. Is. it's yes. ginormous and it's all, <laughs> yes. it's pretty much all metal so you've got a really paperweight of a foot and you, you're trying to uh, well, extrapolate yes. how that's yeah. going to be for the full mm. model how mm. big is this going to be or how heavy is it going to be now the agora optimus prime is a lot bigger than this one it's almost a ruler length bigger um yep. but they've yep. got their own they've got their own special special places i think uh in, in that that genre but uh i mean it, everyone loves transformers you got to kind of decide, um, and I kind of did fancy doing uh, doing the, you know, the TV versions um, because of all the detail. Mm-hmm. That, you know, those films are eye popping. Yeah. You know, where, where do you look first? Uh, I mean, I, I've even paused stuff just so I can have a look at have a look at <laughs> detail. Um, some of the some of this stuff you just, as you say, goes by so quickly. But you pause. I just pause my you know, the DVD or whatever um, just to have a look. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it's probably 
for me, it's, it's displaying it. And uh, would, would I really want to do that? Uh, I mean, I've got to Ironman dis- on yeah. display, for instance, and that's probably uh-huh. as big as I could ever I could ever go. Really, that's why I don't have a Terminator because it's, the thing's just too big. Yeah, well, the Optimus Prime is a similar size to your Ironman. It's it's a yes, similar size. So that's why I'm kind of mm, maybe, yeah, possibly. But then, of course, DB5 comes along, and wow, well. <laughs> I have to make a choice. Probably DB. But then, probably. But then, then, then coming apart, coming away from Partworks. Obviously, mm. um, was it last week? God, I had such a busy week last week. Last week, I got the invitation from Airfix to go down yes. to. Um, yes. Well, I went to Taunton, but the actual mm. uh, venue was at Chard Equestrian. So there's a place in called Chard in Somerset, which is completely in the middle of nowhere. And um, we didn't know why we were going. Airfix gave yeah, us said, no yeah. idea yeah. what we no, were going idea, for. What it was. Did you had any inkling at all? Had you, were you sort of thinking what it could be? Uh, I, I was actually thinking, is it going to be a range of racehorses like Red Rum, Desert Orchid, <laughs> stuff like that? You know, because it was a question: what's that got to do with yeah, yeah. anything yeah, Airfix yeah, yeah. do? Yeah. I, I honestly had no idea. So when I actually got to um, Charter Question, um, I pulled up and there was some scrap seeking helicopters there, and I'm uh, like, ah. Okay, and there's a place there called Historic Helicopters. It's a charity, and they actually do up things like Sea Kings, Lynx Helicopters, and stuff like that. So then I figured, okay, this has got to be something to do with helicopters. So when we went in, obviously, they announced the, uh, the Westland Sea King, um, which they, they've got the three, three brands, the HAS1, the HAS5, and the HU5. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the first yep. question I said to them was, where's the yellow one? Because <laughs> <laughs> you think of seeking helicopters, <laughs> everyone thinks of the yellow one. So that may be coming down the line. We don't know yet, but that may Ooh, be coming. Yeah. But uh, for now, we've got this. We've got this. Um, we, we got the, the the four that they had on display, which was yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's a great day. We got to actually see the yellow Sea King that Prince William flew. Um, mm-hmm. They had yeah, the yeah. film and TV replica of Marine One, the uh, President of the United States helicopter. So we got yeah, to see yeah. that, and we got to see the blades fold up in that. It was just an absolute great day, and it was brilliant to see exactly how this thing's designed, then tooled, mm-hmm. then made, yeah, yeah. and uh, how it's brought to the marketplace now. But this was something that I believe Airfix had kept under wraps in their like yearly release of what there's coming this year uh, to make this big announcement for it. So uh, I'm actually going to be building this because I want to light it. As soon as I saw it, I thought this needs to be lit. So uh, I took lots of video from Sea Kings around historic helicopters uh, to get some reference. So uh, that's going to be probably something I'm doing on the channel in the later quarter of the year. But, uh, oh, it was a great day. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. I mean, Airfix just seemed to be, I don't know, it's like – it's almost a renaissance for them, isn't it? Um, they they really mm-hmm. seem to be going big guns and choosing the you know the right models. Um, I think maybe in the past maybe they were maybe not guilty of ignoring the you know the the modeling community, but they kind of did their own thing. But I think now it's a case of we have this vast community. What do you do? Well, when they announced, uh, you know, that they've got a special announcement, the, first, uh, the mm. most people in the in the comments said, "I hope it's another Spitfire," because they're just being sarcastic. Because <laughs> that's all they ever keep to bring out is Spitfires. Yes. And, and, yes. and and believe me, Airfix know that as well, and they were making yeah. a joke of it as well. Okay. But it's like, no, no, it's not a Spitfire. <laughs> but it is a wonderful model. It is probably you know, their best one for well uh, decades. I think some people have said. Um, yeah, no, yeah, great, I think, yeah, I think they they are. I think they. I mean, they they were kind of come out of the wilderness a bit, haven't they? Because they they you know the, the company itself I think went through some some issues, but now it's you know yeah. it's back in profitability. It can invest mm-hmm. and it's paying attention to um, 
kind of a couple of things. I think moving forward into the future, but also historically as well, there's massive back catalog yeah. of stuff. What yeah, can we, they are what can bringing we out at? the vintage yeah. range as well, so that's yeah, uh, that kind that's of good. Stuff. I saw the I saw the uh, the bond bug thing is uh, yeah, uh, it's the, bond the bond bug. You know, the little. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think yeah I think that's I think that might be delivered tomorrow. Uh, but again, um, for me that screams yeah. putting some lights on it. It has to be lit. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, make it more, <laughs> I'm definitely definitely going to light that when I get mine. Um, but things like that, things things that are unusual. So I think they they are fantastic for for uh, for that kind of uh, you know for that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I always look for that unusual things. Anything that is uh, a little bit strange or unusual. I'm kind of kind of known for that in my uh, IPMS group. Um, I don't yeah. tend to build just normal things. I always look for an, an, in, either an unusual <laughs> body shape for a car or um, I'm doing um, a, a prototype Nazi uh, flying saucer, which, which apparently they they designed uh, in uh, during the World wow. War Two. I'm doing that, but it's again something unusual. Um, I'm yeah. always attracted to strange body shapes or or <laughs> whatever. Um, that's that's kind of what I, what I what I do. Now, um, what what I'd like to uh, to actually move to is um, I this is this uh, this point in in these podcasts where we sometimes talk about uh, I guess things which relate to relate to our hobby. Um, one thing I wanted to, to ask you about, because you probably have more experience of this than I have, uh, as I'm just back into um, into the hobby. Um, I guess I'm focusing on probably big scale models, you know, part works. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot of people asking um, uh, me, really since the last one, is um, how you take care of these things. Um, you know, if you haven't yeah. bought a case for these, they sit on the shelf, and it's the dreaded dust issue. It's how do you look after these things? How do you keep them in tip top, tip top condition? Um, and I wondered if you'd come up with any kind of um, workflow for doing that, or is it just literally just blow the dust off when you go near one of these models? Um, how do you sort of take care of your vast collection of of, uh, of artworks? Well, at the moment, I've got four shelves in the old man cave, which have got mm. five. Yeah. It's, they're five tiered. So that's five, 10, 15, 16. I've got 17 models on display in the mm. old man cave, and I've got others scattered around the house. But yeah. um, I have great big makeup brushes that uh, uh, ladies put yeah, blusher yeah. on with, uh-huh. and I keep them on each shelf. And just when I'm – it's it's, not, it's more like a – it's not that I go to intend to do it. It's like a uh, just a habit thing. I pick it up and just – keep brushing the dust off it the thing is that you can keep your models nice and clean but then the shelves get dusty and then obviously you need to take the cars off the shelves to dust the shelves so uh the the luck i've got is that the room that they're actually displayed in not many people go in there so it doesn't really accumulate much dust so uh in the high footfall areas of the house obviously it gets a lot more but honestly just use a dust because if you're going to start using um liquids or chemicals on on cloths or damp cloths and stuff like that you're going to have a bad time because it will affect your paint at the end of the day yes and i found that um i think i touched i think i touched my delorean one of the um uh, one of the wings with something don't know what it was could have been a bit of glue etc it's straight through the paint um yeah so i'd get another wing take the whole thing to bits put the wing back on because there was literally just a patch it must have been a bit of glue because i think i was attaching one of the um one of the wires which is just just flapping around so i'll just touch it with a bit of glue and it must have spread and just completely straight through the paint um so you have to be very very but the other thing the other there is there is other thing there is one other thing that i'd recommend though and that's if you're Mm. doing a lot of people are going to love this tip if you've done the fast and furious dodge charger or you're currently doing the fan home night rider is um 
uh, I'm just trying to think, Turtle Wax. Turtle Wax do oh, a color, yeah. color magic wax, a black right. color magic wax. It's uh-huh. anti-static, so it basically repels the dust. Yeah, uh, yeah. But when you put it in, it will give an immaculate shine. It will take any blemishes, scratches, anything out that blackness. And you can wow. get color-coded wax for all of your models, and it does exactly the same job. Uh, so when you've completed your model, if you give it a coat of that, you won't have to dust it as often. I don't know why that is, but uh, it's just it's just a great. It just repels your wax. Yeah, if it's anti-static. Um, yeah. I mentioned anti-static. That's what I do. I use these um, anti-static cloths, which you usually use for floors. I use them yeah. as uh, just hand dusters because um, just I don't want to put the dust back into the air. I want to physically take it off the model. So I use one of these anti-static dust yeah. uh, dust wipes um, and just gently wipe the model in, and it literally pulls the dust off the model, which stays in the uh, you know, actually in the the cloth. Throw the cloth away. So you're not just dusting it to put it back into the air to settle back onto your model. That's no, great. But um, then but then sometimes I've got the um I've got the orca on display mm. in my um window and the sunshine is on it all the time and it's yeah. doing an absolutely brilliant effect in bleaching the paint, which is what I wanted it to do to make it look like a a ship that's been out at sea for ages. So sometimes you want it to be deliberately looked a bit roughed up. Absolutely, yes. Uh, But don't leave your DB5 in the direct sun. Don't do that. No, definitely. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Although it would be interesting, your tip about the turtle wax, to to seal that uh, that what's probably going to be an immaculate paint job yeah. um, with something just so um, your know, finger marks and, and dust uh, doesn't yeah. accumulate. That might be a very, very good tip. Well, show my age, Dave, but perhaps it might show yours as well. But back in the days, back in the 80s, before we had all this turtle wax, colour magic and all that, we had something called myrrh. Do you remember that? It was in a blue need. tub. Yeah, yep. yep. that stuff Indeed. was brilliant for doing that sort yep. of thing. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd help my dad for um, uh, hours uh, turtle wax in the car on, on a Sunday. Yep. Um, wipe it on, wipe it off, give it a polish. Um, and that was pretty much at least once a month, probably even longer than that. Uh, so, um, yeah, people of a certain age will know what we're talking about with turtle wax. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. Well, before moving on, I'd like to talk to you all about a company that we've been working with, Agora Models, the home of big scale modeling. Agora Models has transformed the world of scale modeling since they launched, largely due to the company promise. The Agora promise is designed to re-establish trust that once a new model has been launched, it will not stop production until every part of the kit has been produced. The Agora Advantage Club rewards customers, giving members early access to new models, but importantly, ensures the customer care experience is world class. Whether you want to build a museum-quality car, iconic vehicle, or love sci-fi and fantasy, there is a model in the Agora range ready for you. With exciting new models coming this year, including the first of the James Bond collection, if you have always wanted to build a model, Agora Models invites you to join a massive community of fellow scale modelers. Visit agoramodels.com to discover their ever-changing range of museum-quality models. Well, uh, now it's time for our sort of special guest uh, section on uh, this episode of the uh, Scale Model uh, World podcast. Um, I'm really delighted to to welcome uh, Chloe Powell from uh, Model Mods. Welcome, Chloe. Hi. Oh, hi, everyone. How are you? Hi, doing? Chloe. It's good to be here. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. We we really wanted to, um, I guess, get you on for this one because we uh, we obviously want to talk about uh, yeah, model mods in particular, uh, the modern community, what that kind of means. Uh, 
really where we're going with, I guess, all of that, what's happening in the market. Um, but we also want to get some insights because uh, we obviously, we're the shopping. We sort of, we buy the mods for our, for our models to, to make them uh, you know, you know, super detailed and uh, kind of fix stuff that maybe the manufacturers didn't do very well, shall we say. Um, so I like think the yeah. modding community is, it, you know, is, it, I think it's a vibrant thing. It's, it's, a, it's kind of an evolving beast, I, I always think. And it's what's going to come next. Uh, you know, when I get a new model, I say, okay, what, what's, what's going to get modded on this thing? Uh, and it's always the, the <laughs> anticipation, yeah? Um, but maybe it's a, it's a good idea first, maybe take a bit of a step back. Um, maybe you could give us uh, maybe a, maybe a potty history of um, what to, what to, yeah, where model mods came from. And maybe a little bit about uh, your background uh, as well, Colleen. Well, Modern Mods basically uh, came from the DeLorean. Um, I think when the first DeLorean came out, it was something that I wanted to do myself. Um, I love the DeLorean. I love the movie. Mm. I'm sure everyone, you know, we, we all grew up and watching that movie thinking, oh, we all want to own one of our own DeLorean time yes, machines. Absolutely. And then when the opportunity yeah. came out, especially from Eagle Moss, and, you know, I wanted to you know, just build that car myself and have that car in my house. Um so I decided that I actually wanted to do it. And then obviously when the car arrived and starting to build it, I sort of noticed so many errors and issues and so many things that were just needed to be done to it. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I could do that. Obviously my background, um, and not, not many people do know, I mean, I've got a background in electronics. I studied mm -hmm. electronics when I was much younger. Um, I did a degree in electrical engineering. Yep. Um, I also, in my previous job, was building models for um, the, the company. I used to work at Heathrow Airport and the um, x-ray machines and big machines that they use there, they always like to have um, miniatures built so they can actually see how it would fit within the oh, actual right. concourse okay. area. Yeah, yeah. So things like that is things like that is what I would actually get involved in with the engineering team, and we would sit there and we would say, okay, we can do this, can do that. Let's you know make a make a mini version of it. And obviously, having it on CGI and on computer screen is completely different to actually viewing it as a model form. And I actually built a miniature version of the X-ray machines and the. Um, in archways and they all worked and the machine worked and when you walk through the archway it beats and the x-ray machine moved mm, and everything else yeah, and we could yeah. actually see live moving in on it so actually how this thing you know how this thing worked so my you know background of model building and that was all built out of cardboard and paper there was no yes. you know nothing fancy there that was just literally crafts you know when you when you're young and you want to build these things you think oh well i want to build this craft you know paper mache thing and it was all done through that and and then obviously you know moving forwards when you know when the delorean came i was thinking to myself you know um Maybe I can take my expertise in model building and my electronics career and actually make this time machine and bring it to life. There's a lot of models that I know out there that are always, you know, just sitting on shelves and things like that. Uh, and, you know, they're great to sit on the shelf, but mm. you want to bring the model to life. And I think my motto was anything that I now build model wise, I just want to bring it to life and, and moving forward. And then model mods basically uh, came to light and moving forward from here, um, all the other models moving forward. Yeah. So was the was the DeLorean the first build-up model that you did, or had you done model making before? So I did model making before. I used to do other models, you know, those um, things like tanks and aeroplanes and, mm -hmm. and yeah. boats and, you know, all the kit forms that you'd pick up from your local model shop and, you know, stick it all together with the glue and make a complete Good. mess, drop the glue everywhere, <laughs> all your yeah, parts yeah, yeah. would end up everywhere. You know, the usual model building where painting yeah. and screwing stuff together. Um, 
Meccano, things like that. So, mm. you know, I used to do the modeling you know, back in the back in those days. Um and obviously it then moved on to doing things with paper and cardboard and, and stuff like that. So the part work is, you know, completely different. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people did start with the uh, the DeLorean. Obviously, the uh, the Millennium Falcon, I think, was the introduction for me. But I yes. saw the uplift when the DeLorean came on, definitely. Yes, 100%. 100%. The DeLorean is an amazing model and, you know, what we've achieved with it. And there's still more that we're doing with it. Even this year, you know, changing things, adding new things, making it even more bringing it even more to life it's it's a challenge but it's it's fun so it's it's kind of um it, it speaks to i guess the, the the maker gene which i think everyone in this community has kind of got um everyone's kind of has has that sort of driver i think built into their sort of dna just to make stuff but when yes. did you when did you when did you make the transition then from it kind of being i could sort of mod that for me uh to to being a business um was it a case that you you always saw that as a maybe as an opportunity or was Never. it just a case of someone just thought well um you're doing that for yours can you do it for me um and me and me and me and suddenly there's a business there that is that is exactly how it was it was for me really more than anything and i think it was the radio mod that i did for the delorean yeah. that kind yeah. of pushed it forward I did a work in radio. I was sitting here and I put the little tape in and I thought to myself, um, if only this radio could work. I did a lot of surface mount electronics. So obviously my background of me making things miniature and shrinking it into yeah. size yeah. Um, was always one of my things. I remember being at a um, university and one of our lectures, uh, we had to build this miniature radio and the teacher gave us this circuit board and a load of components and said, you need to build this machine, make it work. And that was part of the study and, and explain how it worked. And I think the board was about seven centimetres by about eight centimetres. And I looked at this right. board and thought to myself, what a waste of a board. What a waste of components. <laughs> so everyone's around me building their machines. And I took this took this miniature radio up to the student, uh, sorry, up to the teacher. And I said to him, here we go. Here's my here's my radio. And I shrunk this radio down to about three centimeters by two <laughs> centimeters, if yeah. that. And he said to me, well, you didn't follow the you didn't follow the plan properly. And I said to him, well, just test the radio and just tell me it works. He goes, but it does work. But I'm failing you because you didn't yes. you didn't yes. build it to spec. I said, well, what a, I said, what a, what a complete waste of components and a complete waste of of stuff. I said, moving in the real world, you wouldn't do this in the real world. Unfortunately, he, he wasn't happy with me and failed me. But, you know, um, the fact that I did it and shrunk it down in size pushed me forward to doing more and shrinking stuff and then obviously going back to the DeLorean when I saw the opportunity to have a working radio I thought you know what let me try this and when I did do it Wayne as you know out there when you were building the DeLorean the amount of people that just said oh my god I want this I need this yeah. oh my god yeah. I want that in my yeah. DeLorean yeah and I thought to myself well if I can do it for me I can do it for everybody else and you know that's that's pretty much how that started well, thinking about that radio for the DeLorean, that was uh, when you when you were creating these mods, were they created because it became apparent as you received the part work? Because I know the flux That's capacitor it. came way down the road because we didn't get that till like the middle of the build, really, did we? And I, I'm sure I'm sure the radio was one of your first first ones. It was the radio was one of my first ones, and the time circuit, so working time circuits, the drum switch, and things like that. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, the flux didn't come down until later on, and that was only because of Joe, Joe Walser, the um, and, and having a conversations with him about the flux and stuff like that, and realizing how bad the flux was. That you know, that's when I decided that had to be done. That was a challenge in itself. So, do you think that modding in, in sort of general? Um, have you seen? 
that pretty much stays pretty stable or have you seen the i guess the the marketplace for this stuff kind of explode over time it does seem to me that um in the early days uh there are a few of these floating around simply because no one was doing it no one was building this stuff uh you know i think you yep. were pretty much unique yep. um but now if you're looking yep. back you look at the marketplace uh, uh today do you do you have a sense that the there's still a massive appetite to do, you know to do this kind of thing um you know to to these models i mean they're amazing on on their own but they can be pushed even further yep. can't they can they can be pushed much much further i mean there's more and more people doing it these days and there's more talented people not just myself but you know there's there's everyday people learning arduino code there's there's people yeah, out there with 3d yeah. printers and the more 3d yeah. printers are out there and becoming cheaper as well people are experimenting and doing these things and building their own things and they're becoming their own mini models themselves which is absolutely amazing to see people out there creating these amazing things and you know, and the, the more people build, build buy these models, and they they see the movies and <clears> they watch everything. They want just everything to be perfect and spot on and screen accurate. And the amount of time I see people going over pictures and and images and trying to yep. search for mm -hmm. the the perfect you know the perfect description and everything else, it's it's amazing to see that there is a demand out there, and there still is a demand out there for for people because not everybody can do mods, and not everybody is good at doing crafts, design, electronics. Yes, so definitely, there's still a you know there's still there's still a market out there for it. All. So do you get do you get ideas from people that have actually um, are requesting a mod for you to do, or are you physically doing the model anyway, and you've already noticed that? Um, it's fifty fifty. I mean, most of the time, I look at oh, the model okay. myself and I say, okay, um, you know, I see this and think to myself, like 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 the power mod for the the night rider. I mean, I saw that straight away and I thought to yeah. myself, these yeah. batteries aren't going to last. I, I first thing I do whenever I get electronics in the model is I give that circuit board a good going over, check it, see what's going on with it, notice all the errors that's with it, and you know, some most of these circuit boards are you know cheap Chinese parts, and I think to myself. Yeah, that's going to be an issue later on in the build. That's going to be that. So I kind of plan ahead. I've got this big, massive whiteboard that's in my office. It's huge. And I sit there and I do brainstorming and I chuck a load of stuff on the board and think, OK, this needs to be mm -hmm. done. This harness needs to be built. Uh, and then obviously when I'm when I'm doing that one mod, I think to myself, OK, so now that one mod is done, actually, I think someone else is going to be needed to be added to this and added to that. And then the next mod is kind of created. I mean, Knight Rider at the moment, as you know, there is quite a few issues. We bought out the screen mod and other things for that as well. And now we've seen that the dashboard itself, you know, with the illumination and the bright yeah. lights and it's too bright. So I've noticed a, a problem with that. And by looking into that, I've also found something else going on with the watch. And so it's just one thing after another. There's so many things that I actually need to do. It's just finding the time to actually do. I was about to say, um, how on earth do you prioritize? I mean, that's that's got to be. You, I see you throw stuff at the board; it all sticks. You go, well, what, what do you do first? Um, it's this. How yeah, do you, how do you prioritize it. that? Is it or is it all about well, where are we in the bills? Let's do that yes. thing first because then you haven't got to take the the car to bits to put the mod in, which of course is a is, is an issue for some people. Um, it is. If you, get, if you get really further in. Um, I've learned that through uh, trial and error. Um, these days, um, I don't do that. I, I, I basically look at what's probably going to get modded. If I know what something's going to get modded, I'll kind of wait yeah. until I have all the packs yeah. so I can build it without having to take the car apart, um, which was the issue trying to get the yes. flux in because I nearly finished. And then I'd, I'd, I got the kit and then I had to take the car apart. And that was a bit of a trauma yes. um, because I was really worried about sort of short shorting wires and the electrics wouldn't work and the list went on. So do you do that? Do you have yeah. to think about, well, I'm going to do this, this mob, where's that going to come in the build? 
Um, can I get it ready yes. in time to, I guess, reduce that anxiety? Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part, obviously, development. When it comes to electronic side of things, that's the hardest part because there's a lot that goes in, there's a lot involved with the electronics. It's the programming, it's the yeah. designing of the circuit board, it's the testing, it's the prototypes. And by the time you get all that into into context, you've wasted two, three months of just prototypes alone. Yeah. And unfortunately, with some people, they want to get the build done. And there are other people like yourself who like to wait. Um, I, th I find there's a kind of a mixture out there of people who want to build the kit. As soon as the parts arrive, they want to get straight into it, build it and kind of put it on the shelf, which is yeah. great. You know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. just want to build the car as a yeah. monthly thing. They enjoy Absolutely. to do that and they want to yeah. get it on the shelf. They want to get it built, which is great. And, you know, and then obviously they'll come to you and say, oh, you know, is this mod done yet? Have you finished it yet? Is it ready yet? It kind of like puts a little bit of pressure on you because you're thinking, well, I'm trying my hardest to get this out there for people. Yes. But if you do rush it, then it's just going to become a part that's not going to be good. And some of those parts for the DeLorean, we did do that. And hence why... I am going back over a lot of the DeLorean stuff again, uh, especially things like the tree for the DeLorean, which is now made in metal. So obviously it's like the real, De it's like the real DeLorean, you know, it's got oh, the okay. real metal housing and everything sure. else. Sure. So by moving forward, yeah, by moving forward on that, you know, things change, you know, as you, as you move on, because you try and rush things out for people as much as it's great and it's accurate. You just want to just make some little tweaks just to make it that even more better. So I try and do it for a mixture of both. But if I know a mod is going to take long, then, you know, I always put my advice out there and say, you know, it's going to take this amount of time. If you want to build your build, you know, carry on. If not, then just uh, try and hold off as much as you can. So I try and please everybody as best as I can. But unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. So how much of your uh, of your house or your workshop does this take up? with all of these well mods. the actual yeah i mean the workshop itself i mean i've got a, a separate office for the workshop uh it's three rooms literally just for everything Jeez. um one day i'm going to do a complete tour of the the, the place yeah. and show everything yeah, yeah. off and um show it all out i mean there's, there's there's one room which is just the electronics room which at the moment looks like a, a complete mess there's wires everywhere it's a trip hazard which is which is not very good um but it's 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 um it's one of those things at the moment where you're constantly, because it's by myself and doing everything by myself, it's constantly trying to, you know, go from one room to another and get everything done, get everything out there. And obviously there's, you know, there's wait times because there's so many, so many mods that I'm actually doing at the moment and so mm. much going on that, you know, I tried, and as you said earlier on, Dave, how do you prioritize? You know, you have to prioritize on um, what's, what's kind of, going the most and going the quickest and obviously what's the easiest to make and get out there quick so everybody can you know be happy stuff that takes a little bit longer um you kind of like spend a bit more time on to not to rush it because obviously if you rush it then you don't want to make mistakes your attention to detail and the mods is unsurpassed but the packaging of your products is is amazing it's it's like the i don't know if anyone's ever had anything for model mods but you open the box is that everything is like uh molded perfectly into place perfectly wrapped it's like a presentation in itself it's like uh yeah. you, you'd pay for that more over than the mods which was the first thing i noticed when i received my first mods from model mods i was like this packaging is amazing 
But uh, is that important to you? Is it the uh, the whole presentation? is 100%. Presentation's 100% important to me because, you know, they always say it's, it's the first thing you see is the packaging. And, and like any product, you look at it and think, oh, my God, you know, I don't know. I don't know what don't just want to send something out in an envelope and uh, just just send it out. I think presentation is important. It keeps the product. Do you feel that that's what people kind of expect? Because um, they do they feel, like, oh, this is a cottage industry. It's probably going to be a garage kit. And in their minds, then they can see what a garage kit looks like. It's a, it's a plain brown box, maybe with a couple of jiffy yep. bags inside, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and yep. that's kind of the the accepted. That's what this stuff is probably going to be like. And then when it isn't, yeah. So wow, this is a no. proper proper product. You know, it's it that's that's amazing. So it's it's kind of changing perceptions a little bit. Um, it, it's 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 a very interesting move away from that because we're all kind of used to you know buying this stuff for, for our models and these are very small companies. Yeah. In fact, in fact I was gonna ask you that. Um you said you're all one man band. Um so it, it's it is that then. It is literally um, like that. It's 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 not some you know, some huge manufacturing system in, in China somewhere. It's kind of you at you at a no. bench. That's correct. Yeah. So basically, all the poxes and packaging, uh, the foam is actually the foam packaging that I use, which is engraved, is done on our you know done on the machine, which is in the office itself. Mm, yeah. It's all cut and laser and etched. It's cut to size. It's all made. Wow. Um, the parts are fitted and tested to make sure they go in there. Um, the labeling is all done. Obviously, I don't have a labeling machine that that gets obviously you know sent off to to be printed. The yeah. only thing that does get sent off is literally the stickers to you know go on on the box itself. One big thing that we did change, um, which was important to me, was the environmental aspect of things and yes, making sure true, that true. less plastic packaging was used as possible. Um, as much as we all like models, a lot of boxes do. Sort of people want to rush in, get it, and then sort of chuck the boxes in the bin. And for me, it was about having the boxes all to be made, obviously, from paper. They're all disposable. Um, all the foam inside can actually be disposed of. Um, all safely as well and the only thing that's on the outside is the plastic wrap and the actual plastic wrap that we use is biodegradable as well so it's okay. all one you know all 100 for the environment as well and that that is actually important when it comes to making things as well how did your business fare during covid and also uh for when eagle moss went down yeah. did you uh get hit by that because uh, I, I i think a lot of people were stung by that and they're yeah. a bit nervous to actually get back into that also with the fact that obviously the delorean finished does that affect your mods and the sales of that going down it's good that it now it's been picked up by fan home that it comes up again now but it is one of these things where uh, you'll create a mod what is the life of that mod because once the artworks have gone <laughs> it's very rare they come That's back it. it is and that was that was hard that was a tough one for everybody you know covid we were obviously in lockdown a lot of the times and at that time I had an older office and the older office that I was renting at the time uh, went into lockdown which was super annoying because I couldn't access my office and at the time I had to right. make hundreds yeah, yeah. of hundreds of mods and obviously having no keys to a building that was uh, locked up I you know I was so far behind on on doing a lot of stuff yeah and trying to explain to everybody look, you know i'm trying to make this stuff but i can't get into the building was super hard when i did get into the building and get back into it again i also found that more and more people because they were at home and you know in lockdown they had nothing to do so they were building models so Absolutely. you know in terms of mm -hmm. the in terms of the yeah. business people were yeah. 
you know, ordering a lot from 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 us in lockdown purely because of the lockdown and they had nothing to do in building models. But then it just added more pressure to myself because I was finding that I was so far behind on things and it just really affected me a lot. We had to, you know, I had to move in the end because the building suffered dramatically. They lost, you know, they lost, lost a lot of business and they had to close down. I had to move again, which also then put me behind. And I just found myself, uh, you know, on a downfall being behind, behind, behind. And I needed to catch up. And I think when Eagle Moss went belly up, that just added a big strain on, on the business and thinking, you know, where do we go moving forward? What's happening now? People were, you know, getting angry that, you know, this model was 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 finishing. And I felt their, felt their pain, you know, a classic mm, yeah. car with both, you know, Ecto, DeLorean was all was all falling, failing. And, you know, it was a, it was a real shame. So, you know, that had a dramatic impact on me and the business. And, you know, even even up to today, I'm I'm trying to trying to how can I put it, put put things right and try and move forward. And, and that, you know, then Kit came along and, and that changed everything and trying to move forward, do great mods and, um, and do what we're doing today. You know, it's, it's actually going OK. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Calvi was massively positive for for model making community. Absolutely, really was. Loads of people got back into it yeah. um, because they got nothing else to do. They thought, well, yeah. I kind of enjoyed this when I was younger, so maybe I could get back into this again. Um, I think a lot of them yes. they came back and thought, well, I, I can pay attention to the plastic kit market, but there's all this other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's all this? Um, so I can do these without having to get all the kind of kit together. Um, you know the tool yes. set to build a you know uh, to build a, a part work is, is infinitely smaller than to build a plastic kit. Um, you know, have a look at my workshop; it's ridiculous. Um, it's it's an interesting trend, I guess. People that maybe yeah. are, were building plastic kits when they were younger, they've come back to it. They can and they've continued to do that, but then be added on uh, these large, uh, larger um, you know, models. Um, but some people have come into it, of course, from from no background at all, they come into it and say, well, I quite fancy building that. And you're saying that all I need is a screwdriver. Well, I can probably follow yeah. instructions. So yeah, let's, let's do, let's do that. Um, and it's an interesting trend. It seems to me that that's expanded over time. Clearly, as you look at the, the expansion in the uh, uh, part work uh, manufacturers, they, you know, they, they clearly see a, see that. Um, and I think we're seeing, I mean, less models than we used to. I think we had a conversation about this while back, didn't we, Wayne? And we were saying, yeah. well, usually yeah. when we got to sort of January time, loads of advertisements on telly for all the new part works. And that slowed, that's I correct, think, yeah. you know, infinitely compared to what it used to be like. You say in that, the, uh, the Diagostini Lotus that I've just started building, that's mm. the first time I've seen an advert on TV during the Formula One. Yeah, and that yeah. was, uh, yeah. uh, it was crazy because I haven't seen that for a while. I think it's it's just an interesting one. They they seem to be picking very very carefully. I guess because the investment's massive, isn't it? I mean, it's huge to put these things uh, these things together. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. when we when we when we obviously we're talking about uh, really about what these things actually cost. I mean, do you ever get pushback about that comic and say, well, you know, these mods we love them, but they're expensive. Um, yeah, we want to do this, but we yeah, we're spending a lot of money on the model as well. Do you ever get pushback from uh, from the client base or or are they really is there an understanding there that these are handmade you know they're all mass produced and that means that you know the unit price is going to be higher than you know something that is mass produced do you ever get pushback yeah constantly i mean there are people out there who look at it and go i really really want this for my model but i can't afford it right now mm. i think 
mainly before COVID happened, that wasn't more of the case. I think a lot of people just wanted it and they managed to just um, find the money and just, you know, buy the mods. Mm, I think yeah. it's affected it more now with the cost of living and obviously, you know, the war and everything that's going on at the moment. I think now that more and more people have um, found it harder to, to to buy mods. I think, you know, we offer, we offer the, the, the clear pay and easy pay system, you know, on our, on our shop yeah. now. And we're, I'm finding more and more people are using clear pay and easy pay yeah. for that. Um, because they want the they want the mods and they, they you know they want a way they want the mods they want the great the the great product and they but they just can't afford to pay it in one go and that's understandable I mean you know it's it's a, it's a tough world out there at the moment you know so there is a lot of pushbacks at the moment definitely and on your mods that you've got what do the part work companies think of that have you had much communication between mm. those I have I mean you know Agora they love what i what i do and i i constantly talk to agora all the time uh fan home i mean they've seen the stuff but they don't sort of <laughs> they don't want to promote it as uh as much <laughs> yes. i've noticed yeah. they'll sort of say that's really good but yeah. you know like you no, they no sort surprise. of say you know yeah. we yeah. we don't want to we don't want to promote that yeah which is understandable you know yeah. there are a lot of part work out there that have, have seen it you know and they 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 like to say it was a great mod but they won't you know won't promote it and stuff like that. i think eagle moss did at one point they promoted mm. it but they didn't um you know move forward with it i don't understand that because often uh, i think people will see um a good a good example is uh, is kit um as a standalone yes. model it's fine but as soon as you see the working uh, dashboard that's what sells the kit if you ask me um i can put a working dashboard into yeah. that and it infinitely raises the model yep. so the actual model itself is pretty good but yeah. I could do this. Wow, yeah. that, sell, that just sells it yeah. uh, absolutely every time. Uh, I think yeah. that's that kind of extras that that sold it to me. I was yeah. looking for the butting, and then I thought, well, I bet someone's going to come along with some kind of working dashboard. And guess what? Here we are. Uh, yeah. and that kind of sold it. Then that's why there's twenty five boxes in my workshop waiting uh, to be unpacked. Um, but it's it's a weird one. It's, it's that <laughs> to me, it was of... Bob Gow holding Chloe's flux capacitor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's just that it's that little thing. Well, yep, that's fine. I'm having that. Um, it's whatever yep. gets you over the edge. It seems to me, uh, and often it is something silly yes. like that. It's like, wow, I want to see that working, uh, and so fine. Um, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do that. So it's kind of chicken and egg. So that kind of cool reception from the manufacturers, I really don't get that. That's that's uh, that's that's kind of well, yeah. That's a bit that's a bit sour puss, really. It's like, come on, guys. We, we're giving these guys like a we're helping them out i mean you know look at fan home at the moment and more and more people are subscribing to the build i find when they come online and think oh look at all these mods oh this is amazing you know we've got the mm. dashboard mod oh mm. i i, I want to build this car now because literally i've just seen these mods so i, I kind of guess that we're helping them you know in, in yeah, the long run yeah, as well because absolutely. more and more people are subscribing seeing seeing the mods before the actual car is out which is i i'm seeing a lot more of that as well i'm not building this car yet but They've ordered the mods before they've ordered the car, which is which is, you know, is amazing. Is there any models that you'd like to see out, Chloe, that you haven't built me, yet, or you'd like to see in the marketplace? I mean, me personally, there's always ever only been one model that I would like to see out, apart from the DeLorean, and that is Johnny Five. I mean, I, I know everyone's wow. out mm, there who's yeah. said Johnny Five, and obviously the the the. the, the you know, everyone wants a mini version of it. There's so many people out there that are, are doing Johnny Five kits and, you know, yep. the real Johnny Five. And yep. just, but just having a kit form of that, I think that would be absolutely amazing for everybody to have. I mean, the mods on that alone would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something I'd love to, I'd love to see something like I that. I really would, yeah. 
We only see it in... I've uh, seen a full-size yeah. one. I've seen a full-size one. There's a guy near me in Nottingham. He's got a Johnny Five yes. that he takes to conventions, and I've seen mm. that. His, guy, and, uh, his, his Johnny Five is amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've seen a couple of um, you know, 3D print kits, uh, which you can buy. Um, I think there's a guy that's just bought another one out. I think it's uh, quite limited edition. Uh, so the, the, the price is quite high, but it's all 3D yeah. printed, a thousand parts or whatever it is. Um, it's yeah. got electrics on it, but... Um, I think he, he's going to sell the kit itself, but really, it's it's for the three D print market. If you have a, a really good um, you yeah, know, resin printer, it is. then you can download these things. But it's like a thousand parts. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think I even asked an agency. I said, "Well, I'm going to print that. How much have you printed it for me? It's like two grand to print the thing. <laughs> yeah, know? which is which is quite a lot for a three D printed kit. Um, and then I've got to pull the electrics yeah. in and all the rest of it. So yeah, an actual uh, sort of part work uh, for that would be would be amazing. Um, would be would be a game changer. Yeah. Well, it would, and I'm, I'm sure that's on some shortlist when they have meetings at Fanholm and all the rest of them. But how they decide which which one they go for, of course, well, that's that's uh, that's a bit above our pay grade, really. Um, I'm sure a lot of stuff gets <laughs> gets gets us. I'd get, love to know. I'd love to know oh, what the yeah. choice is. Would, how yeah, how yeah. they pick things. How yeah. they come up with it. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to know that. Um, what's what's the deciding factor? You know, um, and why do, why would you still insist on putting out these test pieces or three or four issues in very very <laughs> weird areas yeah. in the UK? Um, does that really give you any kind of yep. data that it's worth p- pushing forward with with something? Does it really? Um, but they've been doing that for years, so it must uh, it must work. Um, but really, these yeah. days you could do that much more sensibly through social media and all the rest of it. Just to, just ask people, you know, I think what's, so, yeah. what's on your list, and that becomes the next uh, two or three months for uh, uh, for them. But uh, as you often mentioned, yeah. uh, Wayne, it's probably the licensing, isn't it? That's kind of what yeah. kills all, kills all of these. Yeah, that definitely. Definitely, but the um, I mean, some of these, some of these things that I'd like to see release. Um, I, I think Johnny Fives were a, a, a talking point because they were. It was going to be done as a spin-off series. It was going to be done as a reboot film, but I think because of the original source material is now quite controversial. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, when I was at Wonderfest, uh, Todd McWilliams, that's Marvel Phoenix, The Maker's Cave, and uh, Ian Schwartz, it's Pitstain Models, I think. They they all bought a number five, which was uh, it's about 30 centimetres, about a foot high, but it was all held together with magnets, really strong magnets. Mm. Amazing it was. I think it won an award as well because they had them all lined up as the um, um, the Three Stooges uh, pose with toilet seats around their head. And I saw that. Yeah. It was really, really good, but I'd yeah. never seen anything like that. And that's again, some someone's actually made that just you know, garage kit, put it together, yeah. pretty amazing. But uh, uh, going forward though, for you, Chloe, is uh, this this year's gonna uh, come July, I think, is gonna uh, uh, make you very busy when the DeLoreans are oh, yeah. released. Uh, well, the DeLorean's already out, but with the Ecto one, the Enterprise coming out, you're gonna get a lot of people, yeah. uh, saying model mods uh I, I'm, I'm after this <laughs> yeah, can, you, can you do this and especially with agora models as well with you know if once they start releasing their you know db5 and everything else as well i can i can just see the the amount of people that are going to want this and want that with it so it's going to be an exciting year i think it be very Definitely. busy, a very busy year. I think that's that's also, uh, um, uh, I guess, an issue for all the uh, modding community. I mean, you're building this stuff because it's it's what can you build? How far can you build it? Uh, didn't you have a massive issue with yeah. trying to get IC components uh, when there was a huge shortage was yes. at the beginning of the year? Um, so you physically couldn't build these things. You just couldn't get the components, or at least you couldn't get the components for the right price. 
Yes, that still is that still is a problem now. It's it's an ongoing issue with China at the moment. A lot of Chinese um, manufacturers moved over into Taiwan. Most oh, of the right, semiconductor right. market is now ninety percent of the semiconductor market is now in Taiwan. Um, so obviously, what happens is at the moment the microchip itself gets made onto a single plate. And then obviously that plate then has to go and be manufactured. And during plate transfers, as they call it, so for example, when they make a design and they say, oh, we need to change something, it has to go into a queuing system. Mm -hmm. So the queuing system can actually last up to two years. So wow. just to make one small change, it can take up to two years. And because most of the semiconductors are now done by one company in Taiwan, they have got a backlog of up to two and a half years. So um, if you want to get a certain microchip made or if there's a microchip that you use and it's running very, very low, for them to restock it again, they'll come to you and say, yeah, we're, we are making that chip. Don't worry about it. We're bringing it out. But it's going to be here for another year and a half. And there are still some parts that I've ordered that I'm waiting a year and a half ago, which haven't arrived yet. And, you know, so I've had to change my design quite a few times on some parts, yes. literally just to try and, you know, get the mods out and, and do things. But it means my, by me changing things, I have to now go back over my design, go back over to prototype, go back over to testing. And that puts me again behind literally because of that market. That's yes. crazy because as a consumer of your product, I wouldn't have even expected any of that. But you're explaining all that it must be a headache for yeah. you. But for us, I think it, it it adds more appreciation to the product you're actually making. Yeah, I mean the one to six switch that I built for the DeLorean, the wireless one to six switch. Again, that's out of stock because there's there's component issues. Again, is is it is it a case that I wait for what's being delivered to me, or do I mm. redesign it again for the third time? And just right now, because there's so much going on with the kit, I, I literally do not have the time to sit there and redesign something. It would it would literally take me back another two to three months of redesigning and changing the circuit board, getting prototypes and things like that. So it does affect me a lot. And not many people sort of see the background of what actually goes on when it's making a mod. They sort of think, well, you know, there's a mod here. Just, you know, get your soldering iron out, solder it all together. You know, I'm sure it'll only take a few days. They don't understand the background of what's actually going out there. And not many people would do because obviously it's not their background from what they do. Yeah. But it's a big thing going out there in Taiwan and China at the moment. And it's not just affecting, obviously, myself. It's affecting global. I mean, the iPhone market, the yes, Samsung indeed. market, yeah. everyone is being yeah. affected at the moment by these microchips and you know the geforce microchips that geforce use in their you know their graphics cards has a massive delay there's a three-year delay on one of their new graphics cards purely because they can't get the processor in, in in time from this manufacturer because they are so far behind it's crazy at the moment it really is but you don't kind of see that because you you're you're not doing it as as, as a kind of full-time thing no, that, that's that's absolutely right. It's um, it, it's an evolving thing in the marketplace. Uh, but as consumers, we just don't see the shopping. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're trying to manufacture something or anything, no. you're, it's once you get into the the detail, um, it's kind of well, it's down the rabbit hole, really. <laughs> it's just where it, it becomes highly complex, um, and I think every business yeah. is trying to to manage that. Um, well, I suppose um, I suppose we I guess we kind of uh, finish with uh, you know with, with this uh, with this interview. With I guess what's next? Um, do you have any sort of plans for the for the future, Chloe? Can, anything that we uh, we can expect uh, uh, from from model mods uh, sort of around the corner? Anything you can sort of talk about? I mean, I've got a few mods on the go at the moment for for kit. 
um, there's a few things I want to do, especially with the uh, the watch at the moment. There's, a, mm. there's an ongoing issue with that, with the battery draining constantly, uh, okay. um, yeah. the circuit board that's inside that I'm in the middle of doing as well. Um, I'm doing more with lights and lights and smoke at the moment. Um, mm, yeah. Smoke and mirrors, as they sort of say. Indeed, uh, yes. An upcoming mod with a, a display base that's that's coming with smoke and mirrors. Okay. Um, moving forward with with model mods, obviously, it's just going with the flow in terms of when the parts arrive. What what can we actually do? And looking forward to the new models and just trying to bring these models to life. It's always been my motto, you know, bring the model to life and I will continue to do so as, as long as I can really. And you just don't do it for the, uh, for the, for the community either. Cause uh, I remember seeing your sword diorama, which is obviously a yeah. passion product that you've done for yourself, but that was pretty it amazing. Is, yeah. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure your collection must be, be all singing and dancing with lights and whistles and everything. They are. Every model I've got in my house is, uh, is, is, is working as a, as a, I've got a, a nun diorama with a working picture frame that screams and, you know, my Freddy diorama that has smoke coming out of the fireplace and wow. Jason with his Brilliant. saw. There's Brilliant. quite a few things. And, you know, these, these are, these are kind of videos that I've uploaded as well. And um, it, it gives me, you know, enjoyment as well. It's kind of like my away from off to home but even when i'm at work i'm and at home i'm working so it's 24 7 kind of doing mods <laughs> i'd definitely love to have some of those horror dioramas but you know mrs world away will say no to that she's, she's, yes. she's not a horror fan <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not no. um i can't even have um terminator because of the red eyes um just won't, won't, yes. won't allow that either so well where would you put it hey so we can you, you know you, you can you can always put blue eyes in it <laughs> I said, well, I can switch them off. I said, well, yeah, but still this thing going to be staring at me. Um, I mean, cry. You, you had yours at the top of the stairs, Wayne. I mean, Jesus, that's scary. Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, but Margaret I turned Pr mine into Bat Batman, so it's like Batman oh, yeah. Terminator Cross, yes. so it's, yes. it's not so that's bad now. Yeah. <laughs> Mine'll probably go in the hallway, so when more people visit me, it's like, Jesus, what's that? Um, but yeah, in the end, he got, he got vetoed, so hey, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a conversation that uh, got killed off. <laughs> Maybe in the future. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, well, we've, we've come to the end of, uh, of our time, uh, uh, Chloe. Um, well, that's, 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 I think mean, that's been a fantastic insight, I think. Uh, thanks for, for taking the time to, to speak to us uh, uh, today. Um, yeah, you're so, welcome. Definitely. Thank, Thank you, Chloe. Thank you for having me here anyway. Well, yeah. yeah thanks uh, for having me here. It's been, uh, been very good. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully uh, we can maybe uh, re revisit uh, this, this conversation maybe uh, uh, in a future future episode, particularly if it's something very very interesting that you you've come up with and we want to uh, basically grill you about. I think that's uh, that'll be very very good. Uh, but so, um, thanks again for for joining us today. Yeah. For everyone that's uh, sort of listening to this, I say yeah, please do uh, do visit uh, Chloe's uh, Chloe's website at uh, Model Mods for you know, for the latest information about the mods for 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 your uh, for your models. So until the until the next time, um, thanks again for Chloe. Um, well, um, everyone, um, we're, we're sort of coming to the end of, of uh, this uh, this episode. Um, I hope you've uh, found that uh, uh, interesting and as engaging as we have. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground um, in in this one, uh, particularly uh, Chloe's insights into into the modding community. Um, what I would say with uh, the next episode uh, that'll be coming uh, very uh, very shortly. So, as I said at the beginning, uh, if you guys have any uh, any sort of questions, any queries, uh, do get those uh, to us as soon as you can. Um, we'll try and answer those on the the next episode if it's 
it's uh, if it's at all possible. Uh, with the next episode, uh, we're also going to have uh, hopefully our guest still will be uh, Todd uh, McWilliams from uh, My Part Works. Um, that's the that's the plan. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can nail Todd down for uh, for an hour for a chat at some point. Um, but we're hoping that uh, he'll be uh, he'll be our guest for uh, for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, fantastic guy, Todd. I, I met him at Wonderfest this year. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely brilliant. He's My Part Works sites. Uh, believe me, if I could use his sites rather than the instructions that are online, I would rather use Todd's <laughs> sites every every absolutely. time. Yeah, he does an amazing job. Uh, in fact, I pretty much think I would be lost when I was putting uh, Chloe's, um, uh, what's it called, the um, the new wire all the way around the car. Um, yeah. Replacing, replacing <laughs> the flux, all, the flux bands. All the flux, the flux <laughs> bands. I can't, well, I can't think of that. Trying to replace all the flux bands. His, his, his instructions were fantastic to do that. And I don't think I would have managed it without... Uh, with their Todd's um, uh, Todd's instructions, so a uh, nice one, uh, nice one, Todd. Um, so unfortunately, we run out of time, everyone. Uh, so um, I guess until uh, till the next episode, it's uh, it's goodbye from me, and it's uh, goodbye from Wayne. Yes, goodbye, everyone. Take care. The Scale Model World Podcast.